Blog Talk Radio. at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and joining me today is Pat Richley Erickson, known as Dear Mert, for a conversation on short subject journaling. Mert has stress-free ideas for sharing family history discoveries one story at a time using a single photo, a document, an heirloom, or a historical tidbit. It starts with a 15-minute brainstorming session. Dear Myrtle is known for hosting genealogy webinars and Zoom how-to sessions with over 1,300 videos on her YouTube channel. She began online genealogy work in 1985 with QLink, Progress, the PC LinkedIn America Online's Genealogy Forum. She serves as president of the Association of Professional Genealogists Second Life Chapter. And you'll find Mert online at blog.dearmyrtle.com, where she has lately been chronicling new additions to her ancestor trunk under the popular title, 52 Things. So let me just give a warm welcome to Dear Myrtle to the show. Welcome, Mert. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Bernice. I wish I could give you a hug. It's been over a year, babe. <laughs> Oh, me too, me too, but we'll see each other, hopefully, hopefully, if not 2021, definitely 2022. So I'm let's start off with, with some questions about short subject journaling. Now, I mentioned mm-hmm. in your intro that you said something about it starts with a 15-minute brainstorming session. So let's talk about that. Tell us Okey-doke. about this. 15-minute brainstorming session. Well, I have a daughter, my middle daughter, Stacy, who has been begging me to walk around my house and take videos of grandmother's plate, uh, you know, a mirror. What, what is that chair we hear came across the plains with the pioneers and tell the story about it? And, you know, I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs, not visiting with the grandchildren and my daughters and sons-in-law. So I thought, what about doing one story, one video, one journal a week? And 
I, I thought, well, you know, people do 52 ancestors so that they profile an ancestor every week. I wonder if I could do it with 52 things. So I made huh. a Google Sheet. I'm online, yeah. And I came up with 100 things. And some of them are like an old uh, captain's cap, a nothing significant. Uh, some of them are significant, like my grandmother's silverware that I've inherited. So it didn't, It as soon as I knew I had more than 52 things, I could go for it. And that was the 15-minute brainstorming session. Well, you know what? I'm thinking of all the things that I could look around my house and do the same thing. So 15 tell me, minutes is not a lot of time, huh? But you can do a lot with 15 minutes. Well, and having the list means you don't have to think about it every week. You just look at the list and go get that artifact or that unusual document and uh, create a story about it. So when you're talking about creating a story, is there a specific word count for your short story, uh, subject journaling? Or just, just tell us, what are you talking about here? All right. So I like to make paper journals with antique looking um, papers and things like that. That was like a side hobby. And I thought, why don't I make a journal out of paper, old-timey, add copies of photos because the originals are are in Hollinger boxes to preserve them, um, and then put it right with that artifact. It was a little hard when it came to the bearskin rugs. My dad, <laughs> he, yeah, it was a long story. We ate a lot of beef jerky or bear jerky. But um, it, so it doesn't matter how big or how small, except that, I want to draw a a parallel here. I know that you've written, well, among a ton of things, you wrote a chapter in a book called Our Ancestors' Stories. It was well-crafted. And then you wrote an entire book, Tracing Their Steps. That thought of a whole book just is, like, overwhelming to me. I can tell one story at a time, and because I'm making a little journal to go with that artifact, I can just add pages in there because I know how to do it. So it can be as big or as small a story as I wish. Um, this past month, I did a post and a video. I always video everything when it's done uh, so I can send the link to my grandchildren. They're way into YouTube. And... Um, <laughs> It was about a tiny little wooden nickel. Did your parents or grandma or anybody ever say, don't take any wooden nickels? Yes, yes, I've heard that phrase, yes. <laughs> well, I actually found a wooden nickel, and it had our ancestor Conrad Weiser's caricature on it, and it was from the Weiser Coin Collecting Club. I never heard of it, but anyway. So I have a very teeny tiny journal that holds that little wooden nickel so I can tell the story in my video. So it's a combination of one paper journal, one wooden nickel in this case, and a video 
walking through that journal since my grandkids cannot yet come over to explore in the old trunk. Did I tell you about the old trunk? Well, tell me about the old trunk. (laughs) Well, Mr. Mert, my husband, that's the name he's taken on, um, knew that I was going to start this project. And he said, where are you going to keep all this stuff? And I said, I don't know, but I want to separate the real ancestral artifacts and super cool documents, like my dad's college graduation certificate, etc. I want them in one place. So if I happen to pass away, you know, the kids will know what's important versus all the other stuff we have in our homes. So he, for Christmas, gave me one of those old steamer trunks, like from the 1930s, 1940s, where people would go on cruises and take their whole wardrobe and it has drawers on one side when you open it up and a place to keep your shoes on the other side underneath some hanging. There's hangers in the uh, in the left side. So that's where I'm putting the journals and the tinier artifacts that will fit. It's a cool thing. I love this. Well, he was brilliant to come up with that for a Christmas present. <laughs> that is brilliant. And how fortunate <laughs> that he was able to find that trunk. Yeah, and it's even got my favorite light aqua on the inside. The outside's pretty beat up because it's obviously been on a few cruises over the decades. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So with this old steamer trunk that you're using to store your journals, Have you had Mm -hmm. any stories that have been difficult to tell? Oh, well, first of all, I got to tell you, in our family, we cry because we're so nostalgic anyway. But um, this last month, I wrote uh, 52 Things, The Magic Slate. Do you remember what magic slates were? They were popular. Well, you're too young for the 1950s. Oh, but really? Was, <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh, huh? <laughs> I hear you. Um, it's one of those, it, it, a magic slate was, it had a little stylus and you'd write on this film and it would come then, it would press down into the back of the slate, which, and it, you could see the letters. And then you lifted up the film, and it would erase the letters. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was hard for me to tell the story of the magic slate because my grandmother Myrtle, my dad's mom, had Lou Gehrig's disease in the last years of her life. And the last time I saw her in March of 1972, it Well, we came to see her when my baby was six weeks old because we didn't think my grandmother would live too much longer. And that's Mm -hmm. what she used to write on to tell us things. Like um, uh, she said, she wrote that she would send me the recipe for her apricot preserves because she couldn't speak. Lou Gehrig's eventually means you can't speak, you can't walk, stuff like that. So it was a little hard, and I'm actually having a hard time even speaking about it now. But 
you know, now my grandkids know because of this video, journaling in paper format and having a magic slate to show them what the heck it is. Um, it's okay that they know that I am sentimental and that I left my grandmother. You know, our kids have, uh, our grandchildren and children have high-tech stuff, cell phones, tablets, computers, wireless internet, high-speed, all the stuff we barely hope for with dial-up on AOL. Um, and they don't know about odd little things like magic slates that were so popular in the 1950s. That's, that was my right. argument. Yeah, that was my difficult yeah. story to tell. And I can and I can understand that because it's bringing back that memory of your grandmother mm-hmm. as she was attempting to communicate with you. And now mm-hmm. you have that memory and you have that item and you can mm-hmm. talk about it in such a way that they can really understand what what it means to you to be able to share that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you mentioned though that for every short story there's a video. So why mm-hmm. what's what's important about this video component? Yeah. Well, initially I was just going to take the artifact like the magic slate and make a journal to t- where I could write the story about it. But I very quickly in early January figured out why not take a video of me reading through the journal and sharing the artifact so that I could send the YouTube link to my grandchildren and they could look at it now while they cannot come and explore the old steamer trunk on their own. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan. That's why it's very important. And and the feedback. That, you know, anytime you get in the depth back, especially when you're not doing a blog talk radio show, <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. It's a different way of communicating. And I've had grandchildren say things like, um, um, thanks for the shout-out, because I might mention one uh, that has an interest the same as my father or my grandfather. And I love that interaction. Uh, my one daughter said, um, you mentioned the blue striped chairs. That's the one I have upstairs in my office. That's one of the artifacts or heirlooms that she inherited. And I'm yes, saying yes, yes. They're connecting with their ancestors in a non-stressful way. It's not throwing pedigree charts and family group sheets. Uh, you know, it's just telling the story. So. I'm glad I figured out to do the video. So what comes first? It's find it's walking around the house, finding the yeah. artifact, and then mm-hmm. videotaping as you're talking about what you have found. Am okay. I getting the so steps I, right here? <laughs> just just about because I have to make that paper journal and I make it out of um acid free high quality scrapbooking paper, paper that I've printed um, from a digital, print out the photos. So I make the journal. Well, actually, you're right. 
first I find the artifact. So I've got three of them lined up here. The next one is going to be a birthday card that my grandmother sent to um, my dad, her son. Mm -hmm. And it has a little teeny kid's plastic checkerboard in it that fits inside a birthday card. And I actually have a picture of them playing checkers. Well, checkers was a big deal with Grandma Myrtle. She taught me to play checkers. And that was what we do when we go visit, one of the things we do. So that's, I've got two other projects coming up. One is a hat, and I can't see the other one. Well, there's at least two. So I'm sort of thinking about them in the back of my mind. Next step is to make the journal. So I know that the checkerboard is red and black. That tells me when I'm doing the artistic side. I'm going to use a lot of red and black in the cover of the journal, so this will all fit in. Plus, um, I love that my grandmother wrote, Dearest Glenn, I love you dearly, even if you do beat me at checkers. <laughs> Makes you cry. You still look at it. So once yes. I have the journal done and I tell the story, and I, in this case I'll probably insert the artifact in the journal, just not glue it, um, then I will create the video uh, where we where I walk the family, basically. I walk my family through that journal, tell the story, probably tear up again like you heard me, Bernice, and then yes. um, place it in the actual steamer trunk. That's always the ending. And put the video up on YouTube. Share the link. That's what I do. That's the process. That is the process. And so you're not buying uh, books that you can journal in. You're actually making the journal books. Yes, because those books that you buy have 4,252 pages in them, which, again, is overwhelming. When I make Mm -hmm. a journal out of uh, paper, I um, usually create videos short little tiny videos on how to how to sew in the pages into the spine or something. Um, but that's because I love the relaxation of creating that journal. But you know what? You A person can do it without making a fancy, lacy journal about their grandmother. They could take the artifact and uh, any small tablet of paper, Or they could print out the story if they, like my stepmother had trouble writing with a pen as she got older because of her hands and arthritis, but she could type. So print it out and um, roll it up like a scroll and attach it to to the artifact with a ribbon. That would do the job. And Right. Now suppose, let's suppose you don't have an Mm -hmm. artifact. But you do have a memory. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do with that? There's nothing in oh, your that's... hand. Do you yeah. draw it? So you could draw it. I, uh, in one of my um, 52 ancestors, I actually drew my recollection of the floor plan of my grandmother Frances's apartment because it had a big, huge walk-in closet with Oh, do you remember hat boxes? 
Oh, and sure. There were, there were, yeah, there were like 10 hat boxes up on the shelf above all the hang-up clothing. Um, and we loved to play there, and she let us wear her um, her shoes for dress-up when we were little. I'm talking I'm five years old then. That's a pretty old memory. But I don't have pictures. Uh, you know, I don't have a hat box, but I have memories of it. And I think it's kind of interesting. Hannah, my youngest granddaughter, who's nine, said, Grandmother, remember when I came to your house and into your walk-in closet and you let me wear your shoes for dress-up? And she would wear uh, Mr. Mertz's um, a mu- woolen muffler, you know, to put her under your neck when it's cold. In fact, it just started snowing here, Bernice. I'm mm-hmm. trying not to think about that. <laughs> but anyway, so so my granddaughter could relate to the fact that when I was little, I was at my grandmother's apartment, and I did the same thing, dress, plain dress up. And so she really related to that story. So, yeah, it's okay to sketch it out or and I'm not good at drawing floor plans, let me tell you. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like I mean the the artifacts can serve as a prompt to get you started. So that if yes. you pick up a teacup and you mm-hmm. look at the teacup and you remember that that day. Just call it on that mm-hmm. day. <laughs> And mm-hmm. on that day, mm-hmm. with that teacup, what did you do? And tell mm-hmm. that story about the teacup or what have you. And so, I, mm-hmm. you know, I like the idea of finding an artifact. Of course, the memory mm-hmm. is part of the artifact, too, when you tell that, that mm-hmm. story. Uh, but mm-hmm. is there a specific time of day you would tell people, if you're going to do some short, sh- short story journaling, when would you do it? Well, I pick Saturday morning because I know for sure that Mr. Mert's going to be watching his woodworking shows on PBS for about an hour and a half. So mm-hmm. I know that that time is uninterrupted because he's the only person in my bubble, as we call it now with COVID-19. And, um, you know, we he's retired, so our schedules are kind of, you know, easy back and forth. But I knew that would be the one uninterrupted, uninterrupted period of time. Um, but it doesn't matter. Right? Do you have times of the week where you still have energy um, and you feel like uh, you could schedule it regularly? Would that help? What would you do? I know I'm a morning person. My house is mm-hmm. quiet. Mm-hmm. Five, Mm -hmm. six o'clock in the morning is when I like to write. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's like, it's the perfect time. And once I get into the zone, I could look around Mm -hmm. and then realize it's 10 o'clock now. Oh, my goodness, I've been writing all this time. (laughs) But, you know, if the the memory is really strong and I could just Mm -hmm. start seeing the visions and all this stuff is coming in my head, I can just go to town with my writing. I the love issue it. though is whether the writing should be done or you're doing your short term journaling on the computer or if you're doing it by mm-hmm. longhand. What what are your thoughts about that? Well, I 
uh, am doing it longhand because I want my grandchildren to recognize my handwriting, although some Mm -hmm. of them cannot read script. Yes. Yes. But when I just opened this card that, um, you know, that my grandmother sent, it made me cry to see her handwriting. Because I remember when she did finally write a letter to me, which I don't have anymore, where she gave me the recipe for apricot preserves, you know, it was a little less firm. It was a little more scratchy because of her Lou Gehrig's. But this handwriting here in this card was how I remember her. Um, mm-hmm. firm and capable and clearly legible. So right. I want my kids to recognize that. Um, and it, But it's whatever works for you. You do a lot of writing at the computer. In fact, I, re- I'm, I was looking at your book, Tracing Their Steps, and I remembered the part where you called your mom up with some exciting news, one of the breakthroughs, and you were talking about witnesses and all this. Yeah. And you and I were, yeah, she was, she said, slow down. She said, slow down. She was trying to process it. And if you and I write for ourselves, we're telling the whole story and the sun and the angle of the sun through the trees and as we walked on that property, whatever it is. But sometimes that's overwhelming and just telling, this is the teacup. And we sat there, and Grandmother poured milk in my teacup and coffee in her teacup, and we ate the cookies that we made together earlier in the day. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, we have such an emotional attachment, and we don't want to overwhelm, like, my nine-year-old granddaughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's fun. It's just do it, though, because I figured if I uh, just did these 52 journals, on like, like I said, I have, well, actually, I have about 120 things that I could write about. Some of them are memories, about 12 are memories. Something else happens when I actually am reading the journals in the video recording. Mm-hmm. Other memories of that day will come in or that time. Or that, or my dad's woodworking shop, or you know whatever it is that comes to mind. That's that. This first memory in the journal sparks an idea. I can't always get it into the video. If my goal is to keep the video under five minutes, so that it's viewable. The internet folks tell us that. A two- to five-minute video is about all that people can take. They don't really watch a one-hour video, mm-hmm. unless you're terribly in- intriguing. Um, so it's, so another thing goes on the list when I get that next memory and recognize, oh, yeah, I have that, I have that woodworking tool somewhere around here. <laughs> and, yeah. But you know what you're saying, though, is that these short stories, you're leaving mm-hmm. a legacy. You're mm-hmm. leaving a wonderful legacy. I could imagine what it's like opening your trunk and <laughs> reading your journals. Because you yes. 
first of all, we pick up your personality. We pick up the scene. We pick up what's happening or what has happened in your life to make you do what you've done or to say what you've said. And mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a great idea. I hope all of the listeners will consider doing short-term, um, you know, short story, a short subject journaling. You hear me getting my S's all messed up? But, I did. It's, you know, it's good. It's really. It's good. It's therapeutic, too. It's just like it my is. mother with her quilt. She used to talk about how therapeutic it was for her to sit down and quilt. But this ah, short subject yeah. journaling also feels like it's therapeutic to just get it, it out, is. to tell it. Mm-hmm. It's not stressful. Just one census record. Share that. Just one um, mm-hmm. marriage certificate. Um, my grandchildren now know that because of I've said it in several of my videos that we put a woman's maiden name in parentheses when we include also her married name. So it would be Myrtle, Liza, parentheses, Wiser, and a parentheses, Player. And uh, so it's also teaching, but just one little topic at a time. No stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's not threatening. You know, so many people say, I can't write, I can't write. It's that mm-hmm. fear of writing. But when you're talking one, just one subject mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at a time, That's, yeah, yep. that makes it so That's, much easier than trying to write a yeah. whole book, <laughs> which is yep. in and of itself can have you so stressed out. You're like, how can I write this whole book? But you're I not know. writing a book. You don't have to worry about chronological order. You right. just do that one story. So enjoy it. Have fun. And it's a it's a memory, a, a, a bittersweet memory in the case of my grandmother and her magic slate story. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but and it's and it can be humorous. When I shared my grandmother Frances's silverware, um, mm-hmm. I took a, you know inherited it. So I took one knife, fork, and spoon and wrapped it in the lace. Um, doily with ribbon and the journal tells the story of how we'd go to her house on a Sunday for dinner and she wouldn't let us children go in the door till she looked at our hands both sides are they clean have you washed them and then she'd check our ears <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> she's a crazy she was not a neat freak but the nine-year-old little red-headed girl a uh, granddaughter of mine said, I mean, she had her mother text um, this reaction, which is, I'm glad you don't check my ears when I come to visit you, Grandma. So they're, she's getting it. She's, we're relating, and it's, it's See, humorous. So it's all fun. Why? Well, we're getting close to the end of the show. Do you have any parting words of wisdom you want to share with the, the listeners before we close out today? Yes, I want to tell you, don't worry about your sentence structure. Don't worry about, I mean, spelling does help, but sometimes those things block our telling the story. Just go for it. Just write, just videotape, 
just record it, however you can record these memories, and identify these artifacts that you may have around your home that are precious to you. And that's it. And that's it. Well, I want to thank you so much for for sharing with us today. And everyone else, please remember your ancestors left footprints and artifacts, mm-hmm. heirlooms, documents, photos. And you can document your findings in short subject journaling as described by Dear Myrtle. So thank you so much for joining me today, everyone, and I look forward to you joining me next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, Mertz. Bye. Thank you. Mm-hmm.